Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to the Xbox Game Passengers Podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and this is the show where each episode, myself and a guest, will dissect and discuss a single game that's available on Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass service. Usually that game is randomly selected, sometimes it's not, but we don't share our thoughts before we meet up, so uh, we're having this conversation for the first time. Every episode, yeah, it's me and one guest. I cannot believe that Josh Jackson from Geekscape, from the Geekscape Games Podcast, waifu raider extraordinaire, has not been on the show (laughs) to this uh, up until now i'm so sorry first of all how are you oh no don't be i'm thrilled i'm excited to be on and like we were saying before the show if there was a time to finally be on like this was the game to do it because i feel like we've talked about this game for like 10 years and nobody knew what it was until until today or until we started (laughs) playing it together literally well and like you know there's been lots of I, I, I think we've talked about it on Geekscape Games and on the main show. And, you know, there was a, a San Diego Comic-Con where we were for the entire week, like just calling out Danganronpa, which is what we're playing. Danganronpa through the streets and nobody except for you, I think, had any idea what it meant. Um, and now I know what it means. Now I know. What, well, actually, that's a good question. Now I still don't know what Danganronpa means because it's never referred to in the game as far as I know. And uh, I didn't want to look it up because I thought I would just ask you. But is there is that a real word? And what is the what does it mean? OK, so for being an expert on the game, I don't remember. I, I, <laughs> I think it's pretty much like the you know, the subtitle Trigger Happy Havoc. Yes, yes. I think it's something similar to that, like uh, something like bullet time investigation or something like that Mm, okay is it like a japanese word then or is like a made-up word uh i'm it's a japanese word i'm pretty sure i'm i'm pulling a shane and doing the um checking the uh, (laughs) book of knowledge book of knowledge yeah um it says it translates to bullet refute uh refutation Mm, okay Okay. So yeah, that, in makes, Japanese, that makes some so. sense. That makes some sense. So it pretty much describes the game. <laughs> yeah, and like I don't know, literally right up until I mean, I'm starting it and I have no clue what it's about. And when I, I mentioned it on the Geekscape Games podcast, but when we decide when it came to Game Pass and we decided we were going to play it, I thought it was I thought this was the one about all the waifus and and you know the the, the Sega Dreamcast and stuff like that. But it oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's Neptunia. Which that's Neptunia. So f- so far, it hasn't been on Xbox, but you never know. Like, if Danganronpa could be on 
Game Pass. I'm waiting for the day now. <laughs> yeah, before we jump into it, do you want to give us a uh, read through? Tell us what Danganronpa is all about. Uh, yes, for sure. So Danganronpa, uh, Hope's Peak Academy is home to Japan's best and brightest high school students, the beacons of hope for the future. But that hope suddenly dies when Makoto Naegi and his classmates find themselves imprisoned in the school, cut off from the outside world and subject to the whims of a strange, murderous little bear named Monokuma. He pits the students against each other, promising freedom to anyone who can murder a fellow classmate and get away with it. It's up to you to find out who Monokuma really is and why you've been taken from the world you once knew. But be careful what you wish for. Sometimes nothing's more deadly than the truth. So I hadn't even read, I didn't even read the synopsis before jumping into it. And I was like, shook at like, <laughs> this game is so dark. And I, 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 I've never played anything like it. I don't think like, I can't even think of anything that it's com- comparable to. And, you know, on the, on the last Geekscape, Geekscape games, when we talked about playing this, Shane was like, this is not, it's not a Derek game. It's not a Derek game. You're not going to like it. I was, I, I couldn't stop because the story is just so interesting i couldn't put it down and it was like you know when i started it and i was like a bunch of hours in it was like i wonder if i'm gonna finish it or not um because it seems like it's pretty long and i think it took me 22 23 hours to finish but i i did finish it because i just needed to figure out what was happening and i was i don't know it was it was such a unique experience and i'm so happy that i had an opportunity to play it yeah i i it's so cool it's so weird right yeah and i'm really excited to hear you say that because like i felt like you would like it because you really are into the story-driven games but essentially this game and for anyone out there who's not familiar with it at all it's essentially a point and click like detective adventure so those Is games this, like would this be considered like a visual novel or a visual novel, because there's not like in a lot of it, there's not that much actual like gameplay aside from like the trial aspect, which we'll get into. But I've never played like a visual novel. So I thought this is what that is. But does a visual novel have even less gameplay? Right. No, this is essentially a visual novel. But this one, even though there is so little gameplay, this one goes out of its way to add more gameplay than most. Mm. So I think that's kind of the hook uh, gameplay wise, because if you compare it to something like, say, Phoenix Wright, and uh, I think that's the game that kind of really inspired this one in a lot mm, of ways. Okay, yeah. But Phoenix Wright's a lot more straightforward where you'll collect the evidence, you'll go on to a trial, and then you'll search for the contradiction in the character's statement and present the proper evidence. Whereas, and then we'll get into more detail, like you said, but this one kind of mixes like mini games into the proceedings. And there's a little bit of, there's like a little bit of, um, more traditional uh, skill involved with pointing out the right contradictions and that kind of stuff, as opposed to just selecting it from the menu. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the cool things about it, because how you said how dark the game is, I remember playing it for the first time, and I'm kind of coming into this from a somewhat of a different perspective, because I played this game already um, back when it came out on the Vita, and I had actually heard about it a few months prior before they announced it was coming out in English, because... I happened to just be on some Phoenix Wright forum yeah. and people were saying, you know, what other games are like Phoenix Wright that I can play? And there was like some question about like, oh, there's this new, well, it wasn't really new, but there's a PSP game called Danganronpa that just got a Vita remake, but I don't know if it's going to come to the West because of the violent themes and the like, <laughs> kids, kids killing each other and that kind of stuff. So coincidentally, like a month later, they were like, oh, it's getting localized. So it had already been on my radar before I ever played it. 
And so now like discussing the game on the show with you, I'm trying to think of it as a mix of both uh, being on the outside, looking in, wondering how you thought of it, uh, playing it for the first time, but also trying to remember how I felt the first time I played it so long ago, because like one of the things you mentioned and kind of uh, revived one of my original memories of it mm-hmm. is it is a really dark game. And some of the stuff that happens is kind of haunting. Like I remember uh, like the first execution in particular, kind of I had trouble sleeping a little bit because I was playing it till like one in the morning because I couldn't put <laughs> yeah, it down. Yeah. And then when I'm sure we'll get into that in more detail too, but that particular scene, I remember I couldn't sleep for a couple hours because I was kind of like stuck in my brain, like the kind of the over the top violence, but yeah, it yeah. manages, but it's like, it manages to keep this dark over the top violent story but manages to present it in this like cute lighthearted exterior. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it kind of blends those two uh, approaches to the story so well that you're like, const- you'll be laughing one minute and then like horrified the next. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy how they were able to balance that so well. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm ruining it for anyone that hasn't played it just, I was just going to I'm not spoiling anything yet. We'll get into spoilers shortly, but it was perfect to go in with absolutely no knowledge of the game. Like had I even read the synopsis, like the synopsis gives away kind of the premise and I had no clue what was going to happen. And, you know, as soon as Monokuma shows up and he's like, I don't know, it's just so, it's so odd and it's so hard to describe. And like, then it becomes this like, yeah, this like murder mystery thing. And, and it's, uh, I, I don't know. I was so surprised when all of these layers started to become revealed and I'm so happy that I went into it with no knowledge whatsoever because it like, I don't know. It was like probably one of the most like surprising experiences that I've had in, in some time because when I, I don't, yeah, I don't know when I'm looking forward to a game, I'm like watching the trailers and I'm like absorbing as much information as I can. Like I, I, I should be better, but I don't go in with, a, without a lot of knowledge to these things, but to have nothing at all made it so exciting. And and yeah, it's like, like you said, it's like super dark, but like, I, I don't know. It's also weirdly juxtaposed with this like uh, Monokuma, this like bear with this like Mickey, Mickey Mousey voice and, and just talking about how he wants everyone to be in despair and, and everything like that. And uh, I don't know. It's so, it's such a weird experience, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's, I, that's really the charm of it. And that's something I think it's, that's uh, made the series endure for as long as it has, which was going to lead to my next question that I had for you. Cause you said you'd had nothing spoiled for you at all, right? No, nothing at all. Okay. Cause for whatever reason, I don't know why, but there's been a big resurgence in the last couple months of merchandise for Danganronpa three mm, in okay. particular. And Danganronpa three is an anime. It's like, it's not a game. Oh really? Yeah. And so like the characters that are on the merchandise, like pretty much spoil the, some of the biggest twists in it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe, Maybe you didn't know it was Danganronpa, but if you saw one of the characters pop up and be like, oh, I've seen that character on this like t-shirt or at the, at the mall mm-hmm. or something and figure that they have more. Like it would spoil things for this first game as well. Yeah. Especially like who the, especially the identity of the mastermind. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause the mastermind's pretty much a mascot of the franchise. So like they're everywhere <laughs> when oh, you, really? when you check okay. the merchandise and stuff. And that makes sense. I could have, you know, totally. Uh, and because three has to have come out ages ago now as well. Like I could have totally seen this and I, it just meant nothing. So I would have instantly forgotten about it. So, mm-hmm, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that makes sense. I do, I like, why don't we just jump into spoiler territory? So if you haven't played the game and this is at all interesting to you, like, stop listening and go play it because it's so full of surprises and it's such a unique experience. I, I think it's a must play. And, and it, again, it's something that I'm so thankful that came to Game Pass because, I mean, it's been out for 10 years and I've never thought about it or given it a second look. And, and, and aside from Jonathan it, screaming it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and I'm so happy that I played it. So, so if you haven't played it, definitely recommend giving it a shot. Yeah. Let's, let's jump into, let's jump into it. Gameplay wise, first, I have a couple of complaints. And the, the first one was that you can't, uh, there's no camera inversion. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, it became less of a big deal because you can't, you know, after a while, like kind of after you go around each area, you can kind of, you don't have to walk around that much anymore. You can kind of like teleport to the different rooms for the most part. And so once we got there, it was fine, but I don't know. I really, str- I really struggle with not inverted controls to the point where I like looked it up and I found out that in the Xbox accessibility settings, you can like force inversion system wide. And so I had to do that. And then I felt like. Uh, incapable because I, I I couldn't handle the reverse up and down direction. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to... It's such a story-driven game that it feels like it's almost impossible to talk about without just going straight into it spoilers. Is, yeah. But, um, but yeah, essentially the game is divided into two halves. And I say half, but I think the large majority of it is when you're walking around and exploring. Yeah. Um, but uh, most of the game is in a first-person perspective where you walk around... Or you walk around the school, you interact with your other classmates, and uh, you essentially just trigger different events that kind of uh, force you onto the next scene. So, for example, usually when a new chapter starts, a new section of the school will open up. So mm-hmm. you'll uh, go around and you'll um, explore the new areas and discuss it with your classmates. And then, you know, the more things progress, like Monokuma will introduce motives to try to encourage the students to kill each other <laughs> and of course all of them are like you know well n- that'll never happen we'll never kill each other and then it and eventually ten happens later <laughs> yeah yeah and it does get formulaic after a while because it's almost like clockwork it plays out the exact same way almost every well, time and even each each chapter has e- all of the sections are the same so there's like daily life which is before anything happens and you're you know you have generally like two or three points where you can like choose who you want to go hang out with and maybe learn a bit more about them. And if you, I don't know, they, and you can like choose to give them a gift, which I never really fully understood because there's so many that you can like get from this. Like there's like a, a little like machine you put these coins into and it spits out a gift, but I didn't know at any point who, how to know what to give to who. And if you like do it right, then you either get like more skill points or like a new ability, which helps you in the trial uh, aspect, which we'll get to later. Is there like rhyme or reason to that? Or is it all pretty random? Um, There is for the most part where if you check the character profiles, it'll kind of give you hints on the things that they Mm, like and dislike. Mm. So usually that's, uh, that's like uh, kind of what leads you in the right direction. But aside from that, just the more you get to know them throughout the, actual main story yeah right you kind of get an idea of what their likes and dislikes are yeah and it seemed like there's like a lot of skills to unlock like i think i ended the game only with like five or six but there was like probably three or four times that yeah because there's how many characters are there's like 14 classmates altogether, right yeah you and then 14 others that you meet throughout the game yeah or 14 others at the start and then one 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 that shows up later right yeah so you know, over you get that free time to hang out with whoever you want, like you mentioned. But yeah, there's only there's only so much time, and 
if you give them the wrong gift or anything like that, it, it kind of wastes the day almost. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you kind of have to go in with a plan. I, I mostly remembered what everybody liked, but the thing that makes it hard too, is even if you know what to give them, uh, since all the gifts come from like a random, yeah, oh yeah, you might not have the right gift to give them. Yeah. You might not, you might not have it even if you know what they like. So that part of it makes it a, on one hand, it's cool because there's so many different characters. If you don't have something for one, you surely will have something for someone else. But as the roster starts shrinking and, you know, characters become unavailable for whatever reason, then it's like, it's a real challenge sometimes to figure out how to best use mm-hmm. your time. But then there's also the option of just saving the game and loading it if you mess up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Do yeah. do Can you get multiple skills from some characters? Because obviously, like, it seems like there's a lot. And as the obviously as the pool, the pool starts shrinking pretty rapidly. So you might end up like talking to the same people more than once or, or is it kind of one skill per person? No, I think, I think it's a minimum of two characters, Okay, but I think a few of them only have one and you can accidentally spoil the game for yourself. But I think the characters who die sooner have fewer, Mm. fewer chapters to unlock. So I think for example, Sayaka, who I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, she's like, she's essentially like the first a person to get killed off yeah yeah and i think she only has like set uh three uh three pages of of material to unlock mm, that makes sense okay. whereas like everybody who survives to the end i think they all have seven or eight pages yeah i didn't even think about that aspect yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah uh, that's so yeah i thought i thought she was into me she was just <laughs> using me <laughs> or was she though i don't know i think she was i think she was yeah but is that or are you is that foreshadowing for one of the later games do i even understand oh no not at all i'm just because people still talk about that but oh really um yeah and you know it's just like a situation where it's like would she have like would she have really liked you if Mm. it wasn't for the situation or would she have tried to frame you i think the game tries to lead you towards in the end she really did care about you because she left you that suicide note or whatever to kind of point you in the right direction but yeah, that's kind of that first case really does a great job, I think, of setting up the stage for what to expect for the rest of the game. Yeah. So like, for, so just to explain a little bit more. So Sayaka is this like pop idol. Mm-hmm. She's the ultimate pop sensation. That's another thing about the game is every student in the in the class is supposed to be like the at the top of their field at some skill. Mm hmm. So your yeah, character, like ultimate, ultimate, like ultimate pop star, ultimate detective, ultimate prodigy, ultimate, like fan fiction writer. Like there's all sorts of different things. And I think what you're right. the ultimate lucky person or lucky student or something, because you don't have any fantastic skills. You're not really good at anything. You're just super average, but they held a lottery uh, to accept one ordinary student into the school. And you were the one that, that, um, you know, lucky or unlucky as it depends up as it ends up being, you were the one that won that lottery. So, so with Sayaka, she's a pop idol who coincidentally apparently went to school with you prior to this and is like really into you for whatever reason. <laughs> so like total, like, you know, wish fulfillment, silent, essentially silent protagonist approach, but yeah, so she befriends you and she's kind of flirty and she promises to be your assistant as you try to work your way out of it. But when they introduce the first motive, um, it hints that her idol group is missing or potentially killed and she freaks out and ends up devising a plan where she wants to frame you for the for the murder of a different student and kind of trick everyone into uh, 
picking the wrong person so that she can escape and essentially kill everybody else in the process. But as it turns out, the person she tries to kill ends up fighting back and killing her instead. So that's kind of the setup of the first one. So you're kind of, uh, that's where all the clues and all the exploration comes into play. Mm. Cause you start gathering evidence, you start finding uh, items and collecting testimonies from other students to try to figure out what happened. And then you just kind of try your best to form like a complete picture to solve the crime and pick the proper person. Although in the first case, they make it painfully obvious, like as soon as you examine <laughs> yeah, the yeah. crime scene. So, Oh my gosh. I was like, how are you so stupid that you can't, you can't see that that's clearly a name written backwards. Yeah. It's like one, one, three. Yeah, what are yeah. these numbers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I felt like it was like the first, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just me, but like the first, also I got, I got COVID halfway through it. So I I felt less intelligent uh, when I was playing the second half of the game, but the, um, like the first few cases felt like as you were talking to people and as you were gathering the evidence, it was fairly simple to put together. And then I thought the last few cases, like especially the the final case. And I think the fifth case kind of going in, I was like, I have no clue. Like, <laughs> like I have all of these clues that don't seem to like connect that much to each other. Like, how is this going to, uh, how are we going to end up laying this out? And then obviously it makes more sense as you, um, as, as you do the trial itself. But I definitely like, going into the first few, I was like, Oh, I got this no problem. And then I, I, I struggled a little bit more. They weren't hard, but I struggled a little bit more with the, the last three cases. There's six, six chapters essentially in the game. Um, yeah. And as I mentioned, it's like there's daily life, which is like before anyone gets killed and then you'll find a body at some point, And then it moves into this deadly life phase, which is when you're investigating and trying to, to figure out kind of what happened and find all the clues that you need. And then there's the class trial. And so class trial, you all, all everyone that's left, hops in an elevator you like go down into this like these like basement areas and are basically standing around in a circle and you have to convince the the class essentially who who is the killer in this case because if you if the killer is successfully outed the killer gets punished so they get killed they get executed but if if you if the class chooses the wrong person then the killer survives and the killer is let free and everyone else dies basically so the stakes are pretty high yeah and that really i the class trials themselves i feel like do a really good job of communicating that because again like the rest of the game they do a really good job of mixing up the tension and uh, like the shock value of some of the revelations with like humor and personality, because like some of the characters, they'll just like shout out some oddball, stupid ideas mm-hmm. that'll just completely break up the break up the tension. Whereas like other ones like Byakuya is like super condescending is like a super dick and he seems to enjoy all this chaos. Like meanwhile, you'll have uh, like Yasuhiro, the fortune teller who has like held back a bunch of grades who <laughs> I don't think he ever contributes anything. Yeah. Yeah. A major to the, throughout the entire game aside from making really dumb comments. That's true. Well, and then some of it like, uh, yeah, that's a good point too. Just how, I don't know, the characters are so many of them, but they're all so varied and so interesting in their own ways. Like even, I don't know, like people like Hifumi, who's like this giant dude, who's like the ultimate like fan fiction uh, writer, who's like hilarious uh and like toko who is uh uh, she's a writer as well but she's kind of like very small and like reserved and and but if she like sees blood or anything like that then she has an alter alternate personality who's actually a real life serial killer but she like won't kill anyone within the school because she is 
uh like they don't fit her like mo basically like just we such it's so weird they're so it's such like weirdly creative stuff that i just loved which is funny too though because when you find out she's an actual serial killer outside the school like she's constantly listed as like a fake like uh like a fake suspect like <laughs> yeah. repeatedly over and over again yeah and in, well and in one case it seems like it probably is this her the serial killer that she is but then it was just someone like trying to frame frame her essentially or or to look like it was fitting the serial killer's mo but i don't know and then like sakura who's like what the ultimate fighter who's uh just like a huge like strong woman basically yeah she totally looks like a dude though it's like to, to the point where to yeah s- the characters even even like the like i think someone even calls her a dude at one point and then and it, i don't know it's then they're like i'm a i'm a girl yeah just because they're big and strong type thing yeah it, like it's hard to describe but you'll like if you look it up you'll know what we're talking about but the way she looks is like she's wearing a a, a schoolgirl uniform but she's like all muscle she's like, like the she looks like she's like, the from, like street fighter or something like yeah she's like she's like red um and yeah, it's, it's just funny. I mean, she's a good example. Her, Hifumi, of just like how wild some of these character designs get. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then obviously, like, I don't know, the story just like gets more and more and more twisted. And I just love that. Like, you start finding like pictures, uh, like on the ground randomly. And it's like, it's, it's the students, it's the people that you've, you're, you're locked in this school with. Um, but like in, you know, just, they're just hanging out and, you know, nobody, everyone, nobody remembers anyone else. Everyone says that they have just met and they've just come to this school. Um, but you're finding these pictures of everyone like doing stuff together and it, it like doesn't make any sense. And, and the pictures you find, you're not in them. So you start to like suspect, like, is everyone else in on this thing that's going on? And I don't know, there's just so many like layers to it. I just, I I thought it was such a unique story. And it's really cool too, how it keeps adding to those layers throughout every chapter while still creating a compelling individual chapter. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It really doesn't feel like, like it's not like a, like a villain of the week type thing where it's just like everything is separate. Like there are like, you do learn a good amount of the overarching story in each chapter, as well as, as like a contained story as well. Like it feels, it all feels very important. Right. Yeah. Just the way that everything plays out is just really unique too. Uh, We could talk a little bit more about how the class trials play out. Yeah. Uh, specifically, uh, which is, again, that's kind of what makes the game stand out to me because, um, like I said, a more traditional game like Phoenix, right? You pick the, the incorrect statement, you pick the piece of evidence, you present it, and then the dialogue starts. But, uh, this game, it's constantly introducing new mechanics. Mm -hmm. So I, I think all the way up until what the fourth or fifth chapter, they're still introducing new (laughs) stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But essentially, like the gist of it is that the, characters are all talking amongst each other and it all moves really at a really fast pace you actually do have a time limit so if you don't figure it out within enough time you just get like a game over essentially i feel like did it did it ever feel like that does it ever feel like that really comes into play though i always feel like i had so much time left at the end of every everything well mine is a little skewed because i put it on a little bit of an easier difficulty because i figured i played it already so i didn't Mm, really feel like i I needed to challenge myself, especially because I remembered pretty much everything that happened. Yeah, yeah. But I remember the first time I played it, it didn't really come into play for most of the game. But I think towards the end, when I would be like really stuck and I didn't mm. know what they were getting at, which is another flaw of just not just this game, but games of the genre as a whole, since it is so linear and there's a very oh, set yeah, path yeah. that they want you to go on. Sometimes when you kind of figure it out before the game wants you to figure it out, 
you'll be presenting <laughs> evidence that is technically correct, but they'll reject it because you're not supposed to say that. Yet. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And I found myself doing that more often on my second playthrough because I, because <laughs> I knew what was going to happen. Oh, yeah. And there would be like two or three different pieces of evidence that would make sense. But I just didn't know which piece they wanted me to go to at that point. Um, which is one thing that this game does to allevi- alleviate that problem. Cause again, comparing it to Phoenix Wright, you'll have the entire evidence list throughout the entire case. So towards the end of those games, you'll have like 20 pieces of evidence and trying to figure out the exact one to go to the exact statement can get like tedious because Mm -hmm. again, like there'll be a lot of cases where you're technically right. It's just not the one they want you to pick at that point. Whereas in this game, there's less of that because uh, you point out, you um, point out contradictions by, uh, loading tr- what they call truth bullets, which is essentially all of your evidence. Mm-hmm. And then there's certain, when you listen to all of your classmates talk, there'll be certain uh, phrases that are highlighted in a different color. And those are the phrases that can potentially be incorrect. And so you only, you only can choose between the truth bullets that they give you at that particular moment, which it fluctuates depending on what difficulty you're playing, but it's never like the whole evidence list. So yeah, yeah. it leaves less room for error and it makes everything more streamlined. Yeah, and there's also the option, like in some cases, the truth bullets that you have like loaded, like it's like an actual like revolver chamber that you see basically like on the side, but the truth bullets you have loaded might not actually be the like correct thing for that like segment of phrases. So you can actually like grab a temporary truth bullet by like, taking one thing that's said in that segment and then like refuting another thing they say with with that first thing. Um, it doesn't make sense as I'm describing it, but it's a very simple <laughs> mechanic, actually. <laughs> I thought that was kind of neat, too, though, because it was like, I don't know, like there's times where people, you know, slip up as they're reciting their stories and whatnot. And, and it's like you're grabbing like that slip up and like uh, and using it against them or against against their statement afterwards. Mm, right. Yeah. And then the cool thing, too, is when if you listen to everything that everyone has to say and you don't make a decision, uh, they usually have Makoto have like internal dialogue that kind of points you in the right Mm, direction, too. So you're never you're never in a position where you're going to be too stuck, I feel. Since it's your first time playing it, I don't know if you felt the same way, but yeah, I feel like like I think, again, the first three chapters, I didn't really you know, and and I would kind of, in a lot of cases, just watch through the whole thing anyway, just to, to get the story and to see um, what my options were. I feel like in some of the later ones that that was more useful, but sometimes it would still be like, it would be like, I know there's a contradiction here somewhere. And then whatever, like little clue he would give you, I was like, that clue doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> and then, so there were definitely a few times in like the fifth and sixth chapters where there was one instance, oh, the final trial, I, <laughs> I it was some segment about hiding their identity. And I went through like, so essentially you have like hearts hearts as well. And if you uh, try to refute the wrong thing or use the wrong truth bullet, you like lose a heart. And if you lose all your hearts, then the case is like over and you got to like retry that segment at this segment in the last trial, I went through all of my hearts and got the answer, got every answer wrong on this question twice. So I like went through all my hearts got a game over had to start the segment again went through all of my hearts again before i finally got the right answer and it was like <laughs> it was like of course it was like the one at the very bottom it was like the case file itself or something like that and i just didn't understand how it connected at that point and then of course as soon as you do it it was like oh i'm an idiot that makes so much sense right but yeah there was there was times where not even those little clues helped me out obviously and then you know going a little bit more into the mechanics there's multiple mini games that 
get added into it too to mix things up a little bit? Were there any that you felt were really good and then any other ones that you felt weren't as good or that you kind of dreaded playing? No, they were all pretty fun. I thought there because there's the one that's kind of like a little rhythm game almost. Very, very simple. Like you just basically have to like hit A to the beat and then you can hit and it like lo- lo- like targets a, a phrase that's coming at you or whatever. And then you can press Y to shoot them and press X to like reload. But if and that one, it, it felt kind of odd because I don't know, the timing always felt off and I didn't feel like it was me. I feel like it was actually just like not very like like it didn't really matter when you were pressing it it would just like work most of the time as long as you were like semi close and then it gets like really random where like they'll they i can't remember what the mechanic is called but they'll just like block it out so you can't see anything so you just have to like try to press it at the right time but you can't actually see what's going on um and then you can also like you have a like an opposite one where it doesn't matter when you press it it just works i don't know that it was like fun but it felt like it could have been like maybe a little bit tighter and then i i don't know like the other ones like the there's one where i can't remember what any of them are called but there's one where there's like letters floating around and you have to like complete a word or phrase by like shooting oh, the right ha- letter uh, hangman's hang- gambit, hangman's gambit. yeah 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 that was i thought that was fun like it just seemed like it had a good amount of variety in these segments um and then there's like the one where in each case like as you're building what actually happened you kind of get like a, a, a it looks like a comic book type thing and you have to like fill in the blanks based on what you've learned and and that's like kind of almost the last segment before you like crack the case essentially i thought that was fun there was a few times because it's like i don't know it's like japanese so it's like goes from left or right to left and like there was times where I like there could be two blanks beside each other and I just would put it would know the right things, but to put them in the wrong spot just because I wasn't (laughs) used to it. So I felt I felt it was pretty silly in that segment, but I felt like they were all enjoyable. And I I, like liked that it I don't know, it like kept like kept you on your toes a little bit. It kept things fresh and they didn't like none of them felt uh, felt like overly used or like underutilized. Like they all kind of came in when it was appropriate. I felt like. Yeah, for sure. I think I liked all of them, too. I just remember that the hangman one in particular, I think people didn't really like. They completely revamped it, if I remember correctly, in the second game. Okay, but but yeah, I was just kind of curious what you thought. Like, I would say, though, my my favorite and least favorite at the same time was probably the comic book one. Yeah, because for me, like, it's it's super satisfying when you put all the pieces together. And then so basically, the comic book minigame comes into play at the end, like when you're making your final argument and you're laying out the entire uh, scenario from beginning to end explaining how you think the murder took place and so when it all comes together and you lit and the voice that's another thing too i feel like the voice acting in this game is is phenomenal yeah i've played it in both languages but this time i played it in english and yeah it's just as good as i remember it so do you have a choice like is it an option in settings or anything i just it's english by default on the xbox version anyway so i didn't even think about it yeah, I think every version it's English by default, but if there should be an option in mm, okay. uh, under options to switch it to. But yeah, you're right. It was the voice acting was all really good. And there's just something really satisfying about listening to Makoto explain it step by step. And then it <laughs> gives you like that cool like chime every time that one of the panels that you filled in yourself uh, is correct. Yeah. But there's nothing like it's a complete opposite feeling when you accidentally pick the wrong one. And then you have to, it completely kills the momentum of his explanation. You have to go back and do it. But what (laughs) what makes it frustrating is that if you highlight the blank panel, it'll give you a clue on what's supposed to go there. Yeah, yeah. But the actual like pictures that you're supposed to fill them with, they don't tell you what those are supposed to represent. So I remember there was a couple of times where 
Mm, that's true. Some of them, sometimes they're like very similar. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because I think it's the fourth case where Toko was hiding in a locker. And I got that one wrong because there's a picture of her going in a locker and a picture of her coming out of the <laughs> locker. But you can't, you have no way of knowing which one's which. Yes. So I think I had picked the wrong one. And they're like, no, that's and I, I got really frustrated because I'm like, how is that wrong? There's like, there's no way that that's wrong. That's exactly what they just explained. And then realizing there's a different picture of her in the locker. I think the exact same thing happened to me. Yeah. On that same case. It happened to me a few times, but that was the one where I was like, this is bullshit. Right. Yeah. So that part gets frustrating. And it didn't happen to me on this playthrough, but I don't remember if it was the first game or one of the sequels, but I know there was a time where something similar like that happened so many times where I actually like got the game over during that section. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing more frustrating just narratively that where you've pretty much laid out the whole case and at that point it's just a formality yeah but because you switch that picture the rest <laughs> of your class just goes really stupid and they're like well those are some compelling arguments and we all agreed like a minute ago but since you fucked up that comic yes it actually might be someone completely different <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Fair. it also feels kind of like like a, i don't know obviously you're the player so you like lead every case but you lead them so much to the point where i'm like are you actually the ultimate detective because it, like people are giving you bits and pieces but you're the one that's putting them all together for sure right yeah and that's the funny thing too i mean i feel like that kind of ties into the ending though where it turns out and i don't know how much you want to talk about this or not yeah, or if you want to we, we, we gave a spoiler warning we can say whatever we right, want oh perfect we're good so in the end it essentially turns out he's not the ultimate lucky student he's like the ultimate hope and yes. he's the one who's there to kind of hold everybody and all of their personalities together and keep them united against this uh, threat of ultimate despair. So that's kind of like the big finale where it's essentially like this big, almost super Saiyan moment where he rallies <laughs> everybody around him when they're all like ready to give up. And then they all put their like hope into him and it like forms this one like final golden, like truth bullet that yeah. uh, puts the mastermind down in the end. And, I thought that part was really cool. And I felt the same way the first time I played it, where like it felt like Makoto's kind of leading everything, even though yeah. he's supposed to be the one with no abilities. But I feel like now that I played it a second time and I'm kind of knowing what to expect, I feel like a lot of that was like some of the other characters were kind of leading him. And it was almost like if the only reason Makoto was the one making those choices is because you're literally the player character and you need to interact with the game. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Kir uh, Kirigiri in particular, the she's the one who she well, and throughout the game they don't tell you what her skill is, but it's pretty obvious. Like ten minutes into it, where she's an ultimate detective because she's the one like examining the bodies and finding a lot of the clues. But like throughout, she's she's essentially like Sayaka promised to be your assistant in the beginning, but she's pretty much like your partner throughout the game. Yeah, like on my second playthrough, knowing what to expect, there's like so much of the clues that Makoto figures out are things that she put him uh, that put on him or mm -hmm. pointing him towards or in the trials. A lot of times she'll be like, Oh, Makoto, like, you know what I'm talking about. And like, <laughs> it's, it's always framed. Not always. I don't want to say always, but there's a, a good amount of time where she it's positioned, where she's kind of pointing him in that direction. So it's almost like he's speaking for her, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely funny how he's supposed to be the one who has no skills and yet is the one who takes down like all these cases yeah. and figures out all these complex. Uh, it's just, it's just telling you to believe in yourself. You know, you might think you're average, but, but you know, you could be the ultimate help as well. I, oh, I yeah. loved, um, I don't know, like, cause you, 
you know, you enter the school, everyone enters the school, they like faint and then they wake up in like classrooms and all of the windows are boarded up and, or like not boarded up, but like they have like metal coverings over them that are impossible to remove. So you have like no idea why, where, like why you're there or what's happening in the world. And then uh, towards the end of the game, like Monokuma reveals that like, that the world's gone to shit and that the, there's this thing that's referred throughout the game called like the, the tragedy. And, and I don't know, it seemed like at least for the beginning, it was like a tragedy that happened at the school. It seemed like, but then it, it uh, is revealed that like the world has actually like gone to shit basically. And, and initially the, the headmaster of the school uh, basically kept you like decide like decided to keep you all there because you were like the hope of the world or the the only chance that the world had or he wanted to keep you safe or whatever and then it turns into this like you know Monokuma and the the uh, mastermind turned it into this like sick sick game beyond that but yeah it's revealed that the world has gone to shit but then you never actually find out if he's like lying or not because like you. I don't know. This one was like, I was like, this is bullshit. I need to know. Like, and, and I'm sure it's, I'm sure you find out for real, like in the next game or the anime or something like that. But the game like ends with like, you're standing at this like big, like almost like fallout looking vault door, which is like the exit of the school and you're about to open it up. And then it like, they're like, whatever, like whatever, the whatever's out there, we'll handle it together. And then it like flashes to white and then the credits start. And I'm like, damn it. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Uh, so, so I very much would like to know like what happens in the world. And yeah, then obviously the, I was like, how can there be a sequel to this? This seems pretty one and done. And then uh, the credits play. And then after the credits, like there's like Monokuma laying there and then he like wakes up and, and says something about like despair or whatnot. And, and, you know, in the game, it, the mastermind was directly controlling Monokuma. Um, you know, there's essentially, it turns out there's a room where the mastermind like is in and, and just has direct control. So <laughs> is someone still controlling him? Is he now like self-aware or was he actually self-aware all along and they were just swerving us? Like there's so many mysteries still. And I would like to know the answers like to the point where, I, I don't know is is the second one on Xbox or is it not is it just the first one at this point like as, I would play as, a sequel to this as far as I know even though this is a direct port of the collection mm. that they released on PlayStation which had um, the first two games I think it's only the first one on Xbox right now yeah okay so so they're yeah. like they're like saving up and they're gonna they're gonna put the second one on there at some point probably yeah and I'm glad to hear you say that you want to continue with it because it's like I just feel like this whole franchise like the story is just super cool yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think I would like to play it like just to play it. Like there was times where I was like, you know, like I'm playing this cause I have to, and, and I am really enjoying it, but it's like, you know, right now I'd like to play something with like a bit more gameplay or a bit more action, and, but I can't cause I got to finish this. Um, so to like, just play it organically, I feel like would be perfect because you can be like, well, I'm gonna, I feel like playing something else right now. Now I feel like getting back to it. Like, um, I loved every second of it, but I, at, at times I was like, ah, oh, that guy, you know, I, I never finished God of War. Maybe I should start that up. Like mm, right. <laughs> yeah, that's that sort of stuff. But yeah, I'm, I, I like what else there, there's one more game and then an anime, or is there more than that even? So it's a little confusing. So there's the it's direct not, sequel. It can't be like kingdom, you know, kingdom hearts is confusing. Mm. Like nothing's confusing compared to, kingdom no, hearts. it's not that crazy, but it's like, there's the seat. There's the uh, direct sequel, Danganronpa Two. There's a spin-off uh, third-person shooter, which they actually tease a couple <laughs> really? times in this game. Because sen- since this was a re-release on Vita originally, mm. like they were already developing the action yeah. spin-off. So there's a couple of teasers in the game for it. But uh, 
there's an action spinoff where you play as Makoto's sister, actually, the one that's in his photograph in the beginning oh, of the oh, game. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a, almost like a Resident Evil 4 style, like over the shoulder third person shooter in that. <laughs> Does uh, it have like a lot of story elements too? Or is it mostly just like an action thing? It has a lot of story elements, but it's a lot more gameplay and action yeah, focused. Yeah. Like it's a full on third person shooter. Sure. And then the the third entry in the story is an anime which is half sequel and half prequel. And that's kind of serves as like the finale for this story. Okay. And then there's a third game called Danganronpa V3. And that's kind of like a reboot with oh, okay. like Monokuma's in it, but everybody else is a completely different cast. That sounds like, so it's not like, it's not like a huge, huge undertaking if you wanted to like close off this story. Right. Yeah. Like game, there's four games in total. If you count the, the, uh, shooter and then the anime, the anime is kind of its own thing where obviously it's not a game, but it's uh, like, I think it's 26 episodes in total. Like 13 Mm. of them are dedicated to the prequel content and 13 of them are dedicated to the sequel. But when it was originally released, it was like one week would be the sequel. The next week would be the prequel and it would alternate until those two stories kind of came together in the end. Oh, neat. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds fun. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, I think. And I'm glad you liked it as much as you did, because the second game, I think, really does improve in almost every way, oh, yeah, yeah. which surprised me when I played two because I loved one so much. But two, it really is so much better <laughs> yeah. when you get into it. But uh, does the second one follow the same formula where it's like you're living your life and then you're investigating and then you're doing a trial or is it does it change things up there, too? Um, it's mostly the same, but the setting's different. So it's a, it's a different cast and you're like on an island vacation instead of a school. Mm, okay. Yeah. And then of course, but then the, the setup is similar. So mm. it's like, oh, you know, people are. And does it like tie into like, a, is it pretty independent or does it tie into like an overarching story of what's going on uh, or I f- is it hard to say hard without to, spoiling things? <laughs> it's hard to answer. Well, I okay. feel like not answering is an answer in itself, but yeah, sure. it's hard okay. to answer without spoiling anything, but I'll, I'll put it this way. Like. On the surface, not even on the surface, like 90% of the game is standalone. Mm, okay. And yeah, so. Okay, that's fair. Um, but, uh, I wanted to mention as well, I played part of this game. Um, have you p- played with uh, the like Xbox cloud streaming very much? Um, I have, but I didn't play this game on streaming. Um, I was going to, but my Game Pass has actually expired, but... Mm. My oh, friend yeah, who still has Game Pass, he has my system as his home system. Okay, so yeah. I could so I could still play Game Pass, but Cloud <laughs> his, I think is exclusive yeah. to whoever the home the main yes, subscriber yeah. is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I well, I played. I used a little bit when we were playing um, Yakuza, and it was like pretty trash on iPhone at that point. Like it was like you could play it in that in those segments because it's a lot of walking around and like looking at stuff. But it was like super laggy. But I know that they improved it like a lot in the past couple of months and like this game it even has like partially native like touch controls so rather than like you know when you're going to like when you want to inspect something or even like if you're going through the menus like rather than having to use like a virtual joystick or virtual d-pad to like go up and down like you can just tap on the stuff directly um so and it felt like the the latency has gotten much much better like it it, i would i feel like it would you'd be hard pressed to know like it just felt like i was playing it locally which was pretty impressive i didn't get to the point where i was i did a trial or anything via cloud streaming because i think that would be probably kind of hard with touch controls unless they've like really done something neat with them but um i was like i played probably a good 
two chapters of the like investigation and the daily life aspect via cloud streaming and it felt fantastic and and i don't know just the the just the way that their ecosystem works together where it like you know i didn't have to think about it i saved my game before i stopped playing on the xbox it automatically grabbed that save on cloud streaming and then when i went back to the xbox it automatically grabbed that save again like it felt fantastic and i i don't know i i feel like i was a little bit disparate disheartened when the cloud streaming first started and it kind of sucked especially for like apple users it seems super cool i'm really excited for it now it was a it was a great experience to play this game via that and that's another thing too i'm glad to hear that it had the native touch and everything like that because if for whatever reason there's anyone listening to this who doesn't have an xbox um this game's pretty much been released on everything at this point. So there's phone versions, there's uh, obviously PlayStation versions. So yeah, there's like plenty of opportunities to play it. Yeah, I even I saw there's like a bundle even for iOS. So you can get like both games together for like 20 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Do you think you might take the plunge on that? Or are you going to try to wait for an Xbox version to get released? I think that like I liked playing the segments that I did on the phone. I don't I just don't love playing games on my phone that much. I don't think I would play... I don't think I would jump into like a 20 plus hour experience just on the phone. So I think I would play the console version for sure. Mm, right. Yeah. For sure. And I feel like it's a net in an inevitability at this point that uh, the second one's going to come at some, at some yeah. point. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and this one, when did this drop on game pass? Like it was only a few months ago, I think like, yeah, just fe- like February, not too yeah, long ago. Yeah. So there, so yeah, this is still fresh. So, but I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if, if, if this one came, why wouldn't this, why wouldn't the other one come? Although I was surprised at how low some of the achievement percentages were like, even in like chapter three, it was like 10%, like 10% of people have gotten this because you get an achievement for finishing each chapter, only like 10% had finished chapter three. And by the time I got through chapter six, it was like four or 5% or something. And I was like, what the hell? How can you stop? Um, mm, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I loved this story. And I, I don't know, I keep saying that, but it was just such a, it was so different of an experience. I don't know what I was expecting again, because I didn't know anything about it. But I um, just totally loved this game. Shane, Shane, you were wrong. <laughs> it is a Derek game. <laughs> this is a Derek game. But yeah, it's like, even even as a fan of the genre, I agree, though, it, it does, like, sometimes it just feels like such a commitment that it takes me a while to get around to it. I feel like this games like this are best played in pieces. Yes. Because, uh, you know, trying to binge it, you'll get burnt out really quick yeah like, well and even like when i even in my playthrough there was like like i think chapter three gives you like a lot more exploring time and so i was kind of like oh wow like this is this piece i could i could move on from here at this point um and it yeah. was because i was like you know i was playing this so much i wasn't playing anything else whereas had i been able to have a break and then and then come back to it i think it would have wouldn't have felt like that but yeah i definitely get what you're saying mm, right for sure and then, so we're getting we're getting close to the hour mark. So I, there was a couple of things I wanted to ask you about the yeah, game yeah. until uh, unless you if, unless there was something else you wanted to mention. No, yeah, ask away. Okay, perfect. So just a couple of things, kind of stuff that the community's been talking about since the game came out. Sure. Uh, so um, first, we didn't go too much into explanations about the um, executions. So basically, at the end of each chapter, you're essentially rewarded, I guess, with a cutscene of the of the killer being executed which one which one of those is your favorite or were there any ones that stuck with you Mm, that's a good question um i don't know the one that like immediately jumped to mind i thought leon's was pretty cool leon being the he's like the ultimate biker 
gang leader or something like that. And so they kind of throw him and he's like forced on a bike and he kind of goes into this like wheel of death thing where he's like spinning around and around and around. Mm-hmm. No, it was Leon, the baseball guy. And yeah, Leon's the baseball Leon's guy. The baseball Mondo guy is the, the, yes, the Mondo is the motorcycle guy. Um, Leon, the baseball guy, I thought was excellent as well, though. And that one, that one stood out, I think, because it was the first one. So it was like shocking. Like, I was like, what the hell is happening? Um, so that one I definitely kept thinking about. But I would say that probably those two those two probably for me what about yourself Mm, yeah i would probably say leon in my case uh that was the one that i said that i like i watched it at at, like one in the morning yeah so right and i was like oh man that that was kind of brutal (laughs) and it's funny too because again back to what i was saying in the beginning how there's this juxtaposition juxtaposition between um uh the dark like how dark the story is and how like kind of cutesy they make a lot of the stuff like all the blood in the game's pink like it's really bright neon pink so it's like you watch that cutscene, and every execution is like tied to their ultimate talent. Like it's related in some way to their personality or whatever. So the ultimate base- baseball player gets killed by essentially being tied to a post and being shot with like a thousand baseballs from like a fastball machine. Uh-huh. And so like just that one scene where that one part at the very end where you see his limp body in the background. And if I remember correctly, that's actually censored because in the original like PSP version, you could see his body, his limp body in the background. But I think in future versions, it's like a oh, silhouette because really? yeah. at some point they decided even that was like too much, but uh. <laughs> it's a really good point too, that like, like it's, there's all this like horrific and like terrible stuff happening, but it's not like overly graphic, like what's happening in those segments is for sure. But there's not like, you know, the blood is like neon pink. There's not a ton of gore or any, like there's not really much gore or anything I would say, but it's just the way it's presented. Like the, totally, it's hard to explain, but the executions have this particular, like almost like marionette st- art style where everybody's like really still, yes, but they'll yes. have like changing facial expressions and the lighting around the characters is darker than normal. The detail looks like almost like a, uh, like a pop-up book. I want to say, yes, it's very, very stylized. Yeah. So I think that just makes it stand out that much more. So it's like when I first saw that Leon execution and then at the very end, the baseball rolls towards this camera while like covered (laughs) in pink blood while his limp body is hanging or his limp silhouette in our version is hanging in the background. It's just so, so crazy but um <laughs> but yeah was it what was what was your favorite case overall i think that i would probably say my favorite case was the uh sakura sakura's death because i kind of like i don't know and it was kind of like i was you know she it ends up that she committed suicide but i was it was kind of like not completely obvious but it's like i don't know when i was i felt like when i guessed that beforehand i was i felt like smart but uh, i don't know i just thought that 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 case was super interesting and um like her reasoning and everything like that i i don't know i that one stood out for me i would say the most um how about you uh yeah i would say either that one or the second case because uh especially at the time i feel like stuff like this is more common now but when i first played it like the twist of the case kind of is that there's this one character the ultimate programmer and she's presented as a girl, like you think she's a girl through most of the game, but she ends up being a boy. And it's, I feel like Japanese games a lot of times handle like trans characters or trans themes or LGBTQ themes really poorly. Mm. But I feel like this game handled it really well because no, like Chihiro's not like gay or trans, but 
it's like like he grew up as like really frail and with this really like kind of soft appearance so people around him always said that oh you look like a girl so uh she ended up like just kind of dressing like a girl just to go along with what everyone said about her or him but in this killing game she decide or he i keep saying she because she's presented as a girl through like most of the <laughs> most of the screen time but he decides he wants to get stronger and asks like the biker guy for help because he's like the toughest guy and then like i feel like the low-hanging fruit could have obvious like could have easily been oh like you know he attacked her because found out he was a he was right. a boy or whatever but the way they did it was really cool because he has his own insecurity he has the same insecurity like he acts like this super tough macho guy because he's trying to put on an appearance that he thinks that his gang wants him to put up. Right. But he internally is nothing like that. And he's sees himself as too weak to ever be able to kind of be himself so that when he sees Chihiro, uh, like despite his illnesses, I think they say he, that he was sick too, like in some of his optional scenes. Yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, so like despite his illness, you know, despite the perce- um the perceptions that were forced on him, like he's still forcing himself to get stronger despite being in this like horif this horrific uh scenario and he mm-hmm. has like a mental break because he can't take seeing somebody else be able to be what he always wanted to be but couldn't be. And he doesn't even remember killing him. He just says he w- woke up and saw his blood next to him and that kind of stuff. So I thought that handling of that theme and like the difference between what it really means to be like strong and weak and that kind of thing. I thought that was handled really well. Yeah. That's so, a good point. so yeah, I thought that one was really good. Um, favorite character. Oh, that is tough. I think that I think I got to go with Toko. Um, Toko and genocide. Jill is the alter ego with, with the serial killer. I just, there was like, there, I've never seen a character like that before. I don't think, and it was so memorable because of that. And I and I feel like so many of the characters were memorable, but that like it was just hilarious. And like the just the juxta- juxtaposition of like Toko can't see blood, and when she sees blood, she like faints, and then when she faints, she becomes like a serial killer. And they like have like split, like they don't share the same memories or anything like that. I don't know. It was just so unique. I loved it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Toko's Megan, my wife Megan's favorite character. Yeah. So. So yeah, she's real popular. Um, and yeah, like you said, she's she's super funny because her dialogue's hilarious. Like she's yes. super. Oh, she's so inappropriate. Yeah, like uh, yeah, super introverted as one, on, and then super like inappropriately extroverted as the the serial killer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, she's super fun. Who who is your favorite character? Um, mine was Hina. Um, I think it was just because of her personality and the way yeah. that. But I think what really impressed me with her is just kind of how she went how she acted in the fourth case where next to next to the guy we mentioned earlier, who's like uh, flunked out of his grade a bunch of times, she's kind of portrayed as like being the dumb, the dumb mm-hmm. one, like the dumb jock, but her, her behavior in the fourth case where her best friend Sakura committed suicide and she tries to frame herself <laughs> as the killer. So, cause she's so upset that her friend died that she just wants to essentially kill herself and yes. everybody else with yeah. them. Yeah. And in that moment and that's like a trigger for so much character development for the rest of the cast because not necessarily makoto and kirigiri but everyone else like saw her as this kind of a dumb bimbo and she almost got them all killed and that just serves as this big character 
turning point, especially for Byakuya, who throughout the game is like super arrogant and thinks everyone's yeah. below him. And when he's confronted with the idea that this idiot pretty much had got him killed and the only reason he survived is because these other two people who he also <laughs> sees as below him figured it out before he did. Like that ends up being a catalyst for like the rest of the game and everyone else from that point really starts working together and there's not as much conflict between everybody. So like that always that like made her stand out so much to me as you got through the game. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I kind of forgot how strong that scene was until I replayed it. So that's why yeah. I was really because I was tempted like like I, my work, my job's been busy lately. I don't have as much time as I used to. So sure. I was super tempted to just like hit fast forward on all the dialogue and just play play the trials. But I'm glad that I decided to just kind of play it straight through like if it mm-hmm. was my first time because I feel like stuff like that I had forgotten over the years. And if I didn't, uh, if I sped through everything, I still wouldn't have been reminded of it. Yeah, totally. Well, and, and as you, like you said earlier too, like you pick up on different things and different things like mean different things and have different contexts when you like know what's going to happen. Mm, yeah. Like all the foreshadowing and yeah, and that yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. So then uh, just a couple more. So um, what did you think of case three? Cause that one is the most, I think most controversial case of the whole franchise amongst the fan base. Can you remind me? I I don't have many notes of case three. Can you remind me what hap, what case three is? Oh yeah, well that's probably why. But um, is that uh, the one the double the, murder? The double murder with the robot? Yeah, yeah. I I don't. I thought that was great. I thought I don't know what's what's controversial about it. I I don't. I well, and it was that one was interesting because they introduced like one of the rooms and they talk about there being like a time machine or something like that. And um, I don't think that ends up being the case. I think it's just an air purifier, but you know, I'm like, did someone go back in time and like, like, (laughs) and for some reason the hammers are changing size and it's like a a side effect of going back into like, I don't know. I was like out to lunch on that one for sure. That one I struggled Mm -hmm. with because I, I firmly believed that that's what was happening. Right. But I don't know. I liked like some of the, the reveals and the clues like the robot suit like couldn't bend and so that like like took a took a number of characters out and all that sort of stuff um Mm, right what what's the controversial aspect about it i think it's mostly that people didn't really buy the motive i guess Mm. like because for one like the ultimate like the mastermind behind the double murder her motive ended up kind of being the most shallow of them all like oh they just offered everyone money and she wanted to take right essentially But aside from that, I think it's mostly because Hifumi's motive. Um, so like leading into that case, you find a computer left behind by the ultimate programmer who died in the previous case. And like the, the ultimate fanfic writer falls in, essentially falls in love with the computer. And so I think a lot of people were kind of like taken aback by how it's kind of like, the Japanese anime nerd stereotype to the extreme, which <laughs> considering 90, like 95% of the people playing this game are the Japanese anime nerds. Mm, okay. Like they didn't really like that aspect of it. And I think they just, see, I thought it was hilarious as not a Japanese anime nerd. Um, yeah, I did too. I, <laughs> I, like it's, it's definitely my least favorite case of the game, but I wasn't like, I wasn't like horribly offended by it. But when I was checking like the forums and stuff to kind of get back in the discussion mindset for yeah. the game, yeah, like this ga- this case had so much negativity towards it, but the, I think the biggest, like the biggest part of it, and I a hundred percent agree with this criticism, was that the way that the double murder plays out is because the mastermind of that murder convinces him that a different character, like essentially raped her, yes, right, and and like robbed her and beat her, but the character in question is like the most straight laced, nice. 
<laughs> character in the game. And there's like no evidence to point that she's saying anything that's, uh, you know, there's no evidence pointing to her being truthful with any of these statements. And her skill is literally like the ultimate gambler. And she refers to herself as like a great liar multiple times. Yeah. So, so it should have been obvious. Yeah. So he buys into, he buys into that lie with like zero, zero question. And then ends up going from saying, Oh, I never kill anybody to like murdering this guy (laughs) and potentially murdering everybody else. But since there's, since only one person can go free, like he should have realize that something was up too because obviously if he killed that guy then everybody else including the one who put him up to it would be yeah killed too so right i think a lot of people just feel like some characters like hifumi specifically just gets really stupid for the sake of making the murder work that's fair and then how did you feel about the identity of the mastermind that is a good question i didn't love that i feel like that i mean it was fine but it just felt like it was it was just it just made it seem like it was very convenient like rather than it being someone you've been around and has been in the game this whole time it's like you know the the character that you thought died right away at the beginning basically who ends up being you know kind of like a throwaway character because she dies by i think she attacks monokuma which is against the rules so she gets killed essentially like right at the beginning right after the first murder so it felt i i feel like it felt i don't know where so much of the writing and so much of what happens feels so clever that felt kind of like shoehorned or just like the most convenient option um and of course there was more to it with like it being actually a different character because and and the the actual mastermind has been like hiding the whole time and is different than who you thought it was and that aspect is cool but i felt like it felt a little bit too convenient for me for sure Mm, right i think for me trying to think back of when i first played it i think i was just completely blown away and i actually did feel like it was super clever because it was like such a red herring. You like, like you said, the character gets killed in the very beginning, essentially, except that. And I, I guess this part of it's kind of contrived and cliche, but it ended up essentially being her twin sister and her, they were supposed to be working together. They were both masterminds, but one of them was going to be behind the scenes and one of them was going to be up front. Yes. But yeah. then she essentially just kind of sacrificed her sister to use as an example to further everybody else's paranoia i did love i liked that aspect and the like explanation i just like i feel like i wish it was someone that you were more familiar with and that was that felt like they were there the whole time and obviously that makes that's like tough too because like you know if nobody knows who the mastermind is then like the chances of them of the mastermind still like surviving till the end when people are getting killed is so low. So like, maybe it feels like maybe, maybe they had to really, but I don't know. It just feels like it would have been like more of a shock maybe if it was someone that you like had more time with. And then that actually reminds me of one thing too, because I actually spoiled it for myself, like pretty close to the end. And so if anyone out there, if you play these games, do not look up the Wikipedia pages for characters who died. (laughs) because that's what spoiled it for me because since it's a red herring and it's like a fake personality thing so when you look up i was like thinking to myself oh it's safe to look up anybody who died and then Mm, i looked up this character who i thought died in the beginning and the first thing that pops up is the picture of her ponytails with the monokuma like uh (laughs) like hair ties or whatever yeah and i'm just like oh fuck and i'm so close (laughs) to the end and i ruined it but when it all came together i thought it was super satisfying and she's just a really charismatic, well-acted character. So even sure. all the 
stupidity of like and how contrived the plot kind of is once you get to yeah her master plan and i like like i I don't know if does she have like some sort of like alternate personality thing going on too like the her voice just like changes so drastically from like pretty normal to like very like out there to like monokuma's voice basically and i didn't know if it was just like I didn't know if there was something going on with her or if it, or if it was just it maybe I mean, she's crazy, I guess, because she's doing this in the first place. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know quite what to make of that. Yeah, no, I think the idea is just supposed to be she's like in the, an embodiment of chaos. Like she doesn't sure. even really know who she really is because mm-hmm. she's always bouncing around to whatever she needs to be in yeah, order okay. to drive as create as much despair as possible, which is one of the really fun things when you come face to face with her at the very end. And it's like every sentence that she says, she does like a completely different pose and her tone of voice is completely different. Yeah. And she's like constantly switching uh, demeanors and personalities and voice inflections like repeatedly, like so many times throughout that uh, case. And it just turns out to be super, super fun, I thought. And like, you know, it's like I said in the beginning, how she's like on merchandise all everywhere now for some (laughs) reason, like years after the anime came out and everything. But I mean, there's a reason why, like, she's kind of endured as a mascot of the whole franchise is because she's so, I think she's a super memorable character. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's, that's about it. I'm just super excited to be able to talk about this because, uh, <laughs> like, it's been so long since I've been able to kind of talk about this game or introduce it to yeah. somebody because it's been out for so long and pretty much anyone who is interested played it so long ago totally yeah so yeah so that i've just i've had a blast uh, talking about this game yeah it's inter- it's interesting at that point too that's a good point because it is you know I, I think part of it coming on xbox was like celebrating its 10th anniversary or something like that right like mm-hmm. or maybe has it been even longer but like yeah like i feel like the market for new players for a like really niche game like this is probably pretty small. So to like have it come to Xbox in the first place is pretty rad. Um, mm. Yeah. I just hope they bring the second one now. Cause well, I mean, I, like it's, I, I liked it enough that I would buy the second one, but if I don't have to, that's even better. Yeah. I'm trying to think, I don't think this, the sh- uh, shooter spoils anything, but I have a feeling that's not going to come into any other platforms. Cause I, that's the only one that hasn't come on in, that hasn't, uh, come out on anything but PlayStation. So, mm, okay. like, if you if you needed a fix, if you needed a fix while waiting for the second game to come out, that might be a, a mm. good pickup on PS4. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any other questions, or is that pretty much it? I think that was it. I mean, there's just so much to talk about. I feel like we could talk a whole other hour about some of the more. Oh, and I mean, I feel like we barely scratched the surface of the story and everything that goes on. So even if you didn't listen to the spoiler warning and kept listening and you haven't played it, like, there's so much that happens in this game. Um, I don't know. It's it's such a unique experience. And again, I just loved it. So, um, you know, in terms of like, give it a shot or a must play like this instantly became a must play for me because it's just so it's just so different than anything, you know, visual novels exist. And I don't know how different, you know, this you said that this has more gameplay than a lot of them do. I don't know how other visual novels work. This is the first really one that I have played unless you consider some of the old Phoenix Wright stuff, visual novels as well. But yeah, I loved it. I just loved it. So and then I guess I mean, it's obvious at this point, we both say must play. But (laughs) um, I guess to kind of put a little bit of a spin on that question, do you think it's a must play for people who aren't necessarily into visual novels or um or something that's going to have as much text as this game does or do you think that's too much of a barrier for someone who's not into this kind of stuff i don't think like because i again i don't care about visual novels um and i didn't know it was a visual visual novel going into it but i i don't think that that's a huge barrier i think it's it's 
specific enough that if you play it for an hour and you're not enjoying it, like you can probably stop at that point. But I think it's absolutely worth giving it a shot. Um, you know, the text is like easy to follow, I would say. And there is a lot of voice acting as well. It's not all voice acted, but there's a lot of it that is. Um, but yeah, just know that you're getting into something with a lot of text. But I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't think that detracted from it at all for me. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think there's a reason why this, uh, such a niche game has endured for as long as it has to even totally. get a 10-year anniversary. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, if that's everything that we have to say, I'm going to go ahead and draw the games for the next episode. Perfect. All right, so the games... Uh, Game options for the next episode. We've got, you're going to choose, you're going to choose which game, uh, me and whoever the guest is going to play. Uh, we've got Wolfenstein Youngblood and we've got Snowrunner. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel obligated to pick Snowrunner. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Snowrunner. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I figured that you would probably. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Shane has to be the guest on that one because he's always, uh, discussion yeah. about how much he loves Snowrunner. So <laughs> the funny thing too is you said, uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. And I was like, Oh, like, I like Wolfenstein. Like, it's going to be, it's going to have to be something special to <laughs> top <laughs> to that. that one out. Yeah. Yeah. Wolfenstein but, yeah. Youngblood too. I literally bought, like, I bought at launch and then, like, I think I still have it maybe sealed on the shelf because like it's co-op only and I didn't have anyone th- that wanted to play it or anything. So I never played it. So I was like, Oh shit, maybe I'll find someone to play it with, mm. but <laughs> Snowrunner it is. Right. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to wait to another time for, yeah. the, for Wolfenstein. Yeah. What's another couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Right. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining Josh again. I apologize. It's been so long. Yeah. I'd love to get you back on sooner than, than what it took to get you on this time in any case. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. I'm super happy to be on. Thanks for, so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Um, yeah. So we'll be back in just one month. It'll be me and probably Shane talking about SnowRunner. And yeah, again, you can also, if you like what you heard here, both of us are actually also on the Geekscape Games podcast every two weeks. Uh, you'll find that at geekscape.net or just search for Geekscape Games on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah. Thanks again, Josh. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much. You guys have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.